There is no phone ringing, damn it! What the hell are you talking about? You know what the hell she's talking about? Now, what in hell am I going to tell this boy Shaver's parents? That a substitute nurse assassinated him because she couldn't tell the doctors from the patients on the floor? My God! Okay. You let a woman beat ya. You little tiny nothing. Why did you move closer to me? Closer to Don't, you. Bob. Uh-uh. His name was Jeremiah Johnson. Norma Ray has been working since she was 16. And Jeff Goldblum is the psycho freak who's everywhere the action is. That's outrageous! You try one more goddamn stunt and I'll light up the fucking sky! I'd rather die running than be left here alone. Okay, but remember, serpentine! Absolutely. What a guy. You can fuck the lilies and the roses too. A decade under the influence. No rules, no limits. No wonder these filmmakers changed our world. Coffee. Coffee. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Decade Under the Influence. Movie reviews. This is a movie review. Uh, and it's a special one too because I didn't do any of them. I just get to be here and uh, and riff. I have to edit that. Oh, it's like low self-image day for you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was going to say like we did them together. Actually, you might not want to take credit for these. <laughs> <laughs> I did him like half asleep at four in the morning, but I did. But you did him. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you. I wasn't ready. Why don't you tell us, tell them who we are. So tell them who we are. Uh, Do that thing you like to do that I I hate. And then I mentioned that you do it and you just repeat me and you prick. (laughs) So just to get it out of the way up front, (laughs) uh, you can connect with us on Twitter at A Decade Under The One. You can find us on Facebook at A Decade Under The Influence. Yeah. Uh, And I think we're on a new, uh, we might be on Pandora now. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. You're amazing. Well. We did it together. Yeah. Actually, you did it. Yeah, we did it it together. You don't even know. It takes like a while. You got to get the approval message and all that bullshit. I like it. Approval message. Moving forward. That's awesome. (laughs) We're moving up. Uh, Today, we're going to be reviewing uh, Macabre and Mrs. Miller, The Other Side of the Mountain, 1 and 2, T.R. Baskin, On the Yard. And we watched Cypher in the Snow. And we could talk about that for a little bit. And the Paul Lind Halloween special. <laughs> I did reviews for all of them except for Cypher in the Snow, but I can do that on the fly. Yeah, I think that's fine. Where, are we starting in... Uh, kind of. Uh, I'll start out with McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Okay. From 1971, and then we'll talk about it. I'm going to give a little, uh, a little run through. And um, if I miss anything... Uh, Pay attention and fill me in, fill us in, because um, going from memory, you know, uh, uh, it was been a while since we've seen this movie. So yeah, this I could like, not remember the name this of this movie. This was like the vaguest. Yeah. Here we go. Moving on. McCabe and Mrs. Miller, 1971. Warren Beatty, uh, the clueless guy from Heaven Can Wait. Julie Christie from the awesome Fahrenheit 451. Renee Abois, who I'm saying wrong, a.k.a. Odo from DS9, <laughs> and Willem Devane, William Devane from The Bad News Bears 2, <laughs> <laughs> who had his birthday yesterday. Um, and then it says, what, this ain't the before 1971 film depictions of the Wild West. Here is like a hippie kind of movie. Um, Dick Tracy is shitty and buys slaves from for prostitution. He's not the worst slave owner, but you're arguing about shit. <laughs> Julie Christie comes along and is an even better and smarter capitalist pimp. <laughs> Just when things are going good for the two shits, even worse dudes have formed an evil Voltron, Voltron a.k.a. corporation, to change the landscape of the town. Or are they better? Discuss. <laughs> it's pretty good for 4 a.m. half asleep. That's actually great. That's a, it's a near perfect encapsulation. It helps you. It helped Question. me. Yeah. Dang. How do you get worse than being someone who buys people against their will? Where's worse? 
the and then like puts them in tents in the mountains in Washington. <laughs> well, it's talking about the lands landscape and of like towns changing maybe before law comes in. And yeah, he's like right. bought slaves, but then like they're going to do what they're going to do and we'll discuss. They're a corporation. So I'm saying that like a bunch of people, like they're able to like buy him out and I don't think that's why I said, or are they better? Discuss. They came. They came to buy everything out, and I think you could make a, a strong. Because when you have a corporation, it's worse. not. They're both kind of independent businesses, and then mm-hmm. they have lawyers and they represent. It's all like big business coming in. I think is what the movie was trying to say. I don't know. I don't know exactly yeah. what. It, I, I the message that I got from that movie. What message is did that you get from the Wild West or whatever version of the, that they were giving to us was terrible. I like that. And I like, you know, a lot of nine, yeah, I, I like that about it, too. I like the um, they're like, oh, so you like Wild West movies and stuff. Well, mm-hmm. here's what it was actually like. It was you could be a- nothing like the excitement that you imagined. It was mostly just a t- really super depressing hellscape. <laughs> no one was happy with. Uh, they sent people out there to, you know, establish like you get through like the hard part of establishing something and then rich people would come about and buy everything up and yeah buy everything up under you know threat of we're gonna fucking kill you <laughs> yeah but they weren't heroes but they were independent business owners or something julie christie was like yeah. the closest nobody I think, came was a hero for sure. Right? She treated like, people a little bit better than he did. Yeah, at least but the. It, it, so is my recollection. Well, if you remember, like, right? I mean, and that, I mean, that's the whole thing about like being a small business owner in a capitalist system, right? Is like you're still a shitbag, but at least you're not as bad as those shitbags. Maybe kind of little. <laughs> he was well, real bad, and I'm wondering if there's a. Sorry, go ahead. I just was like, are they supposed to be heroes to anybody? No, I, I hope not. Are they mavericks? No, but the thing is, if you remember, and, and to support your Julie Christie point, is that like he goes out and buys these girls, like young girls, and like puts he literally them in the buys tents. slaves. Yeah. yeah, whereas she at least convinces people who she's been working with in the past, hey, this is a good opportunity for us. Like there, you know, we I've got a, a small investor in to, yeah, to have this bathhouse and, and like the this whole like get cleaned up and treat people right sort of thing, perspective that she brings to it. So she's a little bit better. Yeah, that's why I said. Yeah. But you're still arguing like shit. Like which shit is better than the other pile of shit? Still piles of shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The times were horrible back then. It's even worse when you go to biblical times. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. It is probably comparable the <laughs> the actual Wild West. Yeah, maybe. I mean, just being like, <laughs> it was good because they hadn't made movies really like that before. I felt right. I don't, like I don't know that I've seen another one that's similar to that where it just it was just like, look at this hellscape. Like, there's nothing romantic about it. There's nothing cool about it. Like, the best thing that you could be is like a coal farmer. Or a prostitute. A coal farmer? A coal farmer. Yeah. I like it. No, no, go with it. No remorse. The best thing I Miner liked about it was farmer. the landscape. I thought the landscape did look pretty. Yeah, it did. It was like, but it was like, it was, I think it was supposed to be like desolate, you know, and it's like written who the vast and cold. Mud and, and snow. Yeah. Rainy. Going mudding. <laughs> Well, we're on a horse and buggy that I've got to push up this muddy mountain. Won't this be fun? Why am I pushing the horse and buggy up? Why did we bring it? <laughs> uh, oh, Robert Altman. Okay. That explains so much. Yeah, that's exactly why we watched it. And it was um, after MASH. Mm-hmm. I think it was people, it was interesting uh, that people weren't expecting that. And I like that because mm-hmm. he had, he had all this money to put into a movie and he like, you know, you're looking at choices. Like yeah. he made a choice to make that for a reason. <laughs> I kind of like it. I came away from being like, I like it. I don't need to see it anytime in the near future. Yeah. Also like the soundtrack. 
Yeah. Oh God, I forgot about that. That's you. All Leonard Cohen all Ugh. the time. No, no <laughs> drums. Dull as dishwater, but people just like it. dreary, sad music through the, the whole thing. Are supposed to be dreary, yeah. sad movie. Super appropriate. Yeah. No. It. Yes. Correct. I totally. agree. I agree with you too. Yeah. It still had had that mood. It's interesting. Like really melancholy, like cynical. I thought it was interesting that Warren Beatty started off as like semi competent, and the second that uh, the gal gets involved, he's like, "I can just be drunk all the time now. That's what I'm gonna do." And she's like, "And I can be on heroin, yay!" Yay! <laughs> Escapes, yeah, escapism. I'm ready to move on if you have any final thoughts on McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Just that escape was probably the right option. Julie Christie was, was take that was medicine. Good in that. Uh, this is my smallest uh, introduction. We're going to do uh, T.R. Baskin, also 1971, mm. and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> the earlier you go on in the 70s, the more it's like, you know, weird film angles and like more kind of dream sequences and just, I don't know, weird dialogue and more hippie. Right. It seems like 70s movies got a little more coherent, in my opinion, as time marched on, although it's... <laughs> There's an interest. I love it. Uh, ready to start her new life. T.R. Baskin moves to Chicago. Discuss. Yay. That's it? That's what you did? <laughs> That's my shortest one. Knocked oh, it okay. out of the park. <laughs> that doesn't not sum it up. Yeah, no, you you're, know, you're, you're right. She's out of college. I think she looks older, and the actress probably was older. But Did she, she go to college? To Chicago. I maybe... What are your memories of this movie? So I really had a lot of anticipation for this movie because I like Candace Bergman. Yeah, same. And I was really excited. I seen I saw pictures of this that show like all the typewriters and show her kind of being like, I don't know. The photography was really good, and it was like one of those films that you could not get. So it was like twenty years, twenty five years. There's some cool pieces of this movie for this. sure, but it is a slog. Yeah. Um I there mean you go. It, it's interesting because it's her moving from a small town into Chicago and just being absolutely lost in the sort of like metropolis like you are just a, a number in a vast sea of exactly. things happening. Exactly, sorry. All of her work stuff I enjoyed a lot. Like Yeah. And she just has such a hard time like a like fitting into those roles and doing like uh and i don't mean as an actor i mean her her acting is phenomenal in this um but just fitting into the roles that society has to offer her and it's funny as as she gets to she's like just starts getting it uh and i think hmm. when you see like she goes to the ywca and then she goes like apartment shopping and she goes to that shitty apartment, and the guy's like, here it is, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I forgot about much. that. I like that. <laughs> and she's like, whatever, this sucks. And he's like, what? This doesn't suck. This is the best you're going to find. I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> it was like probably my best scene because he, he's understanding to a point. It's like, I don't know what it is about that scene, but it feels definite Chicago to me. Yeah. Where he's just kind of like honest, and he's like, you know, you'll be back. Yeah, and he's, and just he's not mad to her at her. Like a person. Yeah, he's, I I enjoyed that a lot. That's I did too. Very and Chicago. She looks at the other apartments, and it's the fucking weirdo talkity. Uh, uh, I was gonna say travel agent, but that's not right. She's a airline stewardess. Um, and then my other favorite scene in this, of course, is her date scene. Oh, with, she, uh, Peter Boyle yeah. from Young Frankenstein. She's on the double, and what does she say to him? She's the just double. I thought when they were in bed. And no, like, no, 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 no. When she's on that double date with her her coworker. Oh, Marsha Rod from Little Murders. And she's all like, "Oh, I set you up with this great guy, blah blah." blah. And he's just annoying and fucking. Just all he wants to talk about is business and money and like. She doesn't want to do anything that he wants to do. She doesn't want to talk about anything that he wants to talk about. And finally, she's just like, God, I f you're such a fucking boring bastard or something like yeah. that. And gets up and just walks out. Then goes to work the next day and uh, plays some music on the intercom system while no one's there. I forgot about that. It's like also a good scene. 
You remember it better. Luckily, I own it and I could see it again. Uh, James Conn is also in this for like a second. That's who I was thinking because like yeah, then she falls in love with James Conn and like has that. Oh, he comes back, so he's in it more than a second, but he's not in it a lot. It's really her movie. Yeah, he's got he's got like fifteen minutes or something in in the second third of the film. Yeah, and I like and you can tell it's like one of these like. You know, uh, what do you call it? Baby steps in a way to mm-hmm. to better films about like you know problems with uh, you know being a woman. I guess I don't know who wrote it. I'll have to look. But um, you know, when you get to like an unmarried woman or something like that, it's like movies like this that like you know did well enough to make more movies like that. And I enjoyed watching this movie a lot but it was it's like maybe if i watched it in 1971 i would have been like whoa this is a breath of fresh air but it seemed right. kind of like slow and a little boring and a lot of the scenes you're like say more say more but in history maybe you know you couldn't on film or something you right know? It's like so much of it has to be subtext. The barriers it's like this was a step in that direction okay third favorite uh scene in that Got film another one uh where she's in bed with the guy yeah he doesn't want to have sex with or he can't or, or whatever he can't get it up I don't want that's a pretty good scene I and she just it. starts laughing. fucking laughing at him <laughs> and can't stop she's great murphy brown everybody oh i i i never understood growing up why <laughs> candace bergman got this fucking hate from like the right and particularly like men's rights sort of fuck-ups um but watching her films, I get it. Like, right. don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Rocking myself, bringing suckers to tears. Because she did. I mean, all of her characters are very like outspoken. All very like, like uh, them. I know you're just fucking blowing up over there. Um, <sighs> very in charge, and I like that. Yeah, uh, I didn't put a rating on this. I think I gave it a seven. I'm gonna watch it again. Maybe we'll revisit it. Uh, what'd you think? I think I would have given it a six. But thumbs up, thumbs oh, down. Oh, thumbs way up. And Which is weird, right? No, I'd say up. I would, I, say, I would say up. I know. I, I In retrospect, and maybe this is a, that thing that we do with movies, is I really liked that movie, but it's, it's a slog. <laughs> Victory, thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't remember that movie. <laughs> Murphy Brown, Chicago. Yeah, I'm trying to think how I felt about that. Um, we can come back. It wasn't like a super memorable movie to me. Um, it wasn't bad, though. Yeah, I agree. It had Thumbs bits. Up. <laughs> Just enough gravity to keep it up. Moving on, I'm doing this as one, but it's really two movies. So I wrote The Other Sides of the Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) I say this because you should fucking see both if you're going to see one. I agree. Why not? We're on air, yo. Are they showing pictures? I wasn't showing pictures. I'm looking at a friend's pictures of their really super, super, super cute two black kittens that love to <laughs> cuddle with each other. It'll give you something to edit. <laughs> <laughs> the other side of the other side of the mountain. Dick Buick. Yeah, the other sides of the mountain. I say this because you should see both if you're going to see one. And I stand by that. If you want to see this movie, you should see them both. I think, uh, and they get similar ratings on IMDb. The second one gets a little bit lower rating, but I was like, because a lot of times in sequels, like Grease 2 is fucking awful. Even though it's so bad, it's good. It's kind of fun to watch. (laughs) I would recommend it. But like Jaws 2 is almost unwatchable, except it's another 70s movie that I had not seen. So I did watch it, and it was interesting in that way. But this one, uh, too, I thought I thought was better than the first one, for me. I hmm, that's interesting. But here, let me give you the the thing. Um, Dabney Coleman, War Games and Nine to Five, is Jill's, played by Marilyn Hassett, ski instructor. She has a friend, and she loves to ski and works very hard at it. 
she would like to be in the Olympics. But, spoiler alert, she sails off a cliff and has no feeling below her shoulders. She has trouble adjusting, duh, and her boyfriend totally bolts. Then Dick Buick is there, played by Jeff Bridges. Uh, Jeff Bridges' brother, excuse me, Bo Bridges. And then I wrote fuzzy because it's like, what the fuck happens? And we'll talk about it. I know (laughs) Dick dies just as things are going good. She starts to trust him. Her dad dies. Her mom and her have a weird dynamic. And then the beer drinking guy shows up. I liked him. Maybe it took a while. Oh, and she teaches on a reservation. Discuss. Oh, well done. Other sides of the mountain. Go. Other sides of the mountain. Uh, So... Back to your point on is this the second movie better than the first? It's hard for me to to say whether it is or not because it's so but the course predicated on the first movie. It would like make no sense on its own. Like no, if you saw well, kind of other side of the mountain too. Just on its own, you'd be like, "This is what is this fucking movie?" I disagree. Oh, and it's fine. I just I I feel like if you watched it, because I'm not positive, but I'm I'm sure they give a sentence. You know, like, hey, I had a ski accident. And well, yeah, they, he shows up in the second one, doesn't he? Maybe he doesn't. No, but they they do replay the accident in the in the second movie. But they they don't they Maybe? they talk about some some of the the issues that that have they go have into the issues with their mom more in the second one. And it's yeah, it's like one's counter dependent, one's codependent. Oh, there's a they have a weird relationship. And I, I remember to get into that. Yeah, to pull back to the beginning though, do it. I remember the thing that stood out to me through the first two thirds of that movie was, God, she is just one dimensional. All she cares about is skiing. I love that. (laughs) If you watch, you know, you watch Personal Best, you watch Downhill Skier, like people that like are devoted to getting into the Olympics or something like that. That's right. Boom. I don't know why I appreciate that and why I like coaches in all three of those movies even though in personal best that coach was really shitty but all the coaches are kind of shitty yeah Dabney Coleman is maybe the least shitty because he's just kind of like he's not trying to hit on her or anything he's just like you need to do this for 17 hours and then you could like you know be 3.2 seconds faster (laughs) I'm looking at the information right here I'm doing my job as your ski coach as your coach I wanted to ask you because I remember before, right before the accident, wasn't there something about the conditions that they said? I felt like right before she had the accident, there was something that was like warning us about it. Well, wasn't wasn't he like, oh, it's real slick today or something? He did say it was slick today, and she had she had already made the decision that she was going to try to go fast in the section that he had told her specifically, don't go fast. Okay, you need to like pull back because this section gets dicey, and then. Listen to your coach. And yeah, mm-hmm. and she she did decided to break from from his advice and be like, yeah, I need to get because she didn't think she was as good as the other girl. She didn't think she'd make up the time in the other space. Mm. So she was like, this is where I'm going to like really set myself apart. Yeah. I thought it was filmed pretty well. I just it's like I don't want to see that again. Because yeah, it was filmed well. Oh, my God. The accident scene. I it's like so jumping ahead to even go go there but i mean I most of the rest so. of the movie is just them just them being like what what about this no let's go skiing ha ah, skiing scenes um what are you talking about well like there's like remember the whole beginning of the film is mom don't make me go to school today it's snowing and i need to go up and ski and uh, also uh, Dick Buick parallel. Oh, yeah. And she meets Dick Buick because she wrecks and like Dick is like, "Woo! I'm going to do flips and I'm crazy. Which he carries right through that. He's film. Bo Bridges, right? Yeah. Who was the shitty guy who like once she tells him, hey, I don't have feelings before my, you know, below uh, my shoulders, lo- lower than my shoulders. And he just like turns around basically and bolts. It's just <laughs> one of those like, bye. <laughs> Boy, well, that that would have been fucking hard. I thought this movie did a good job of like, what yeah, would it be like? Yeah, but she set him up for that too, because she sends him this thing and is like, "I'm going to walk again. I will not see you again until I can walk." Oh, but that's and then like, doesn't talk to him again until you make an excuses for that. Shitty I'm just guy. giving it context because you are. I forgot, like, I forgot about that. She works super, super hard. 
through the rest through the next portion of the film to regain even the slightest uh, ability in her arms. You remember that doctor that was like, if it would have been an inch below, you'd have the use of your hands. Like, <laughs> yes. Fucking cock. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> if you ever go through this again, try this to break. This is something that I get you should tell your doctor friends, your peers, but I don't know if, <laughs> if I need this information. But Maybe. then she, then uh, she's like really proud that she's done all this hard work and she expects him to appreciate it, but he has none of the context from that. And she's like, I'm going to lift this cup and like lifts the yeah, cup. Yeah, she can use her arms. Which was awesome because she'd put so much work into it. But he's thinking he's been brought there because she has rehabbed oh, enough to stand that. up and walk. He still sucks. He does still suck. I a thousand percent And as agree. much as the doctor sucks, he was better than the doctor in Love Story. At least the doctor <laughs> was talking to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And Such like, you guess you're used to the doctor not talking to you, so you know Marilyn, uh, I, Jill. <laughs> Marilyn is the actor. Jill is the character. Thank you for speaking to me. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that you told me anything. <laughs> oh my god! Remember they have the flipping her scenes, where they ratchet her to the board and then Ugh. flip it over. Yeah, that did a good job. I don't know what it was, but I really liked both of these movies. Talk, talk about fucking the beer drinking guy. Then. Well, hold on, hold on. Remember when she learned about poor people? Eh, somewhat. She went to. She goes back to school. Just didn't. Know. And then I, I gave her a pass for some of that because ski, 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 ski. Yeah. She's like, here it is, and she still, you know, she's like, I want to be a teacher. Yeah, and she wasn't condescending to the kids. She worked on the reservation. And she did a good job. She had a reason to live. I liked it. Yeah, I just thought it was it was it was a Who funny the fuck was the- it was a funny segue because she's in. She's yeah. back to school. She's getting her teaching certificate. And then, like, people are like, you know, like, they're not going to let you actually get a teaching certificate. Like, you can go to school. You can get all the information. But in the end, no one's going to employ you. And she's like, what? Fuck that. And then goes yeah, to the I administration. And the guy's like, oh, no, that's definitely true. I'm not going to fucking put our name behind you. That's bullshit. Like, get the information, whatever. But, like, you're in that chair. And she's like, wait, what if I could get like a school to sponsor me? What what about that? And he's like, oh, oh yeah. I like that, too. Her self-advocating was real good. If you can do that, then we'll take you. And then she she's off to the reservation school and like, hey. Yeah, it's like she's a professional athlete. She's not going to take no for an answer. I mm-hmm. liked that. Timothy Buttons was the beer drinking guy. Oh, what I'm was sorry. his name? I just keep calling him beer drinking guy. Do you remember his? his... It's too small for me, but. John Booth. Oh, yeah, because we were like John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) His intro to the movie is great. Is that the beer? No. Well, his intro to the movie is they're riding horses, and her and her girlfriend go to cross that river in the Jeep and get stuck. And uh, he, he walks out into the water to push the Jeep. And we're like, don't stand behind the tire. Don't stand behind the tire. Oh, yeah. And they gun it, and it just soaks him. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I liked him because he was a breath of fresh air as far as, like, not being shitty. He he was cool with, you know, who she was. He still fell in love with her. Yeah. I like that a lot. Oh, I want to take two steps back, and I'll probably... I'll tr- promise i'll try to do this as quickly as possible take your time dick buick is insane i think we can we can we can all agree on that he's like doing loop-de-loops like everywhere he goes oh did you see it coming oh yeah i didn't see the death coming a little bit before but not no thousands so he is like he's like you can do it we're gonna make everything happen for you i love you and like is pushing her and she goes back to school and does the whole thing and then, like, he's there with her. She's going to school. Well, it took her a while to build trust, too, with him. Totally. And then it all, it's and then, all then in he's the like, place. Oh, I got to get out of here because I got to go take care of some stuff. And then is gone for a long time. She calls him up and is like, come to my birthday party. And he's like, I'm coming. I'm coming back to You're gonna you. You're going to make it, yeah. Well, and it's then, like... They're sitting at the birthday party and she's waiting. And you just know he's dead. You just know he's dead. And then her dad calls the fucking airport. Is is has Dick? When did Dick take off? And they're like, "Oh, two days ago." At least he's out. I mean, that's his out. You know, he's not. It's not like that scene in Claudine where they're they're throwing a amazing Father's <laughs> Day birthday Father's Day party for him. He doesn't show because he's like drunk in the bar. Or he doesn't want the commitment. He's yeah. just 
fucking asshole. At least this guy <laughs> didn't show because he was dead. Dead. He couldn't. I mean, some of these movies, after watching like Love Story, they're like ka-ching, ka-ching. So it's like, what else can we right. do? They're not even so much dramas as they are tragedies in a way. I mean, it's, it is. Absolutely. It, it is a drama. And she overcomes the obstacles in her life. And I think she's great. But yeah, having him die. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I've begun to trust again, you know, to live with my handicapped or, you know, handy capabilities. She's great. You know, um, I was rooting for her. And, and then I, dead movie I, over. I liked both of these movies. Which yeah. made it nice. I mean, and that is the thing. I needed more Dabney Coleman. This is why, though, I think that when you say uh, number two is better, I have a hard time because it actually feels like one movie. Yeah, but that's a four-hour movie. Yeah. Or, Strap yourselves in. Ag- agreed. And then she meets the fucking beer-drinking trucker dude uh, <laughs> who who she instantly falls in love doesn't with. Doesn't he have, like, a, doesn't have a shirt on or something? I remember him shirtless. There's... Does he never wear a shirt? <laughs> or am I thinking of the guy from Silkwood? Didn't he never wear a shirt? <laughs> Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell. Why would Kurt Russell put a shirt on? But then, so... They have a relationship. He, she builds it up, and she ha- has that weird relationship. He was in with Roller her. Coaster, motherfucker. No, he was. He not. was the put double sided tape. He's the bomb making <laughs> guy. That's him. I'm sorry to get you off track, but you're usually good at getting back on track. So <laughs> you forgive me. I do forgive you, especially because you get the call back to Roller, roller Coaster. coaster. <laughs> One amusement park <laughs> inspection engineers. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Odyssey. He's like, why does everyone like think he's like the greatest gift to fucking reality? Because he's white guy and he acts <laughs> like he knows everything. Because it's what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Cooking show. Yeah. Oh my god. But you were saying? Oh, uh, so she, she's you know having a relationship with him and, and falling in love with him, and, and he's falling in love with her, and we get to see that relationship she has with her mother get just so weird because uh, yeah, she's got I'm this that codependent relationship i wanted to talk about that nan martin is the actress well june it gets highlighted so well i thought it was done they, well yeah no no totally and is is really punctuated for me when they're out on that date and he takes her to meet his parents and they the boys go inside to get lemonade or something like that, and she's like, "Hey, uh, while they're gone, can you help me with something?" And she has her change her catheter. Oh yeah. And 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 her 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 bag. Uh. Which is sort of a bold like, "Hi, I'm meeting you for the first time." Move. Bold move. Yeah, uh, but she, I liked that. She is so, in that relationship with her mother, I think it's just like. This is what's going to happen. But it, I put myself in that thing, you know, like what if, you know, something happened and you were a parent and what is the role as a parent? And so mm-hmm. I get that she was super caretaker and there was some of that where like, oh, you know, Jill is, is shitty to take all this from her mom and be shitty about it. But then also like, you know, the mom could kind of step out if she wanted to and the mom did want to caretake. And so it was a little bit of like. They I mean, just they, they played with that. Blame. They both had blame. Yeah, but they played with that in fun, in interesting ways. I thought, you know, because she'd be laying in bed. They spent like, time on it. Mother, get me out of bed now! And then, like, she would just kind of scream at her and like make her get out of bed. Yeah. Uh, and then, when that translated into like her relationship, and she was like, "I'm not used to laying in bed all day," and he's like, "Yeah, well, I'm not doing shit till I have coffee." Like, mm. I'm not your mom. This is going to be different. Yeah. But it was it was it, I I thought it was done really well especially as like you know they're building their relationship and and then of course there there's the epic scene of uh of him going out trucking alone I don't even remember that. Well it's it's the callback to Dick Buick, right? Oh god. Because Oh yeah, she's worried he's not going to come back. Right. And then like has like such an episode about it that Who she almost this because it was very competently done. Yeah, it was Larry Pierce. Because like, if you remember, I was like, uh, he's not coming back. He's for sure dead. And he directed both. Because I was like, oh, you're not going to do this in both movies, are you? you I need to do some can't research. Do this in both movies. Yeah. 
well, we should have done our research because I'm <laughs> curious because sometimes you have, you know, a really long movie and you put it in like Superman one and two is that. Mm -hmm. And so if this is one movie that the studio just said, we have to break this up. I wouldn't be shocked because it's possible, but there is a big gap in years. Um, one is 75 and the other one was 78, I think. And this is a truish story, 1975, right? 1975, 1978. Yes. And uh, number one gets 6.5 and number two gets a 6.1. I thought it is based on a true story. I'm sure it is. I thought so as well. So I'd give sevens across the boards for this. I thought this was... For both of them? Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a rare good sequel movie. Yeah, Victory. What'd you think? Other side of the mountains. Other <laughs> sides of the mountains. Um. It was kind of an irritating movie in a lot of ways because, like, movies. She's she's really privileged so this is like a really privileged look at this sort of scenario Absolutely. and like uh, just like how race is treated in this movie like her job that she gets at the reservation and how that oh, is just so like gross um the way that that's treated in the film um I don't really have anything super articulate to say about that, but no, but it, it was. I just haven't like had like taken or had the luxury of time to really think about it, honestly. But, but uh, I totally just, agree with you because they they totally are like well, of course they're gonna want a competent white teacher, like. <laughs> right, right. Think about it. She was com right. overcoming adversi like adversity to even have the job, and I thought she was respectful. Well, it. yeah, but one of the things that they kept saying was like, well, "I didn't think she was upper class. I thought she was lower middle class." If oh not. no, definitely. Like, like I mean, who can afford to go skiing all the time? I mean, well, scholarship. Yeah. I thought she would have a scholarship. No way. Yeah. Hmm. But she was she was getting into some of the mags, so maybe she had a little sponsorship money. Maybe. Maybe. What the fuck's a mag? And like Sports Illustrated. Pay to go to college. Yeah. I know. She's just like, I'm going like they to college. Weren't, like they barely were willing to give her a degree, like let alone like give her a scholarship. Yeah. I don't know. Did she have a scholarship? No. No. Her parents. They had, a, they had a. Uh, I didn't think they, they were rich. I mean, her I, boyfriend had a private plane. The boyfriend. Yeah. But that's a boyfriend. Yeah, but they had like a, a plane, uh, the uh, place for him to land the plane, like right next to their house. And yeah, that's the boyfriend. No, at their house. They have a place to land the plane. Yeah, airstrip. Oh, roll the tape. <laughs> <laughs> she up there with him. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I mean, just like there was lots of details about like her reactions to poverty and stuff like that. It was just really irritating and. Um, I don't know. I mean, it was it was an okay like those are okay movies, but um, I don't know, not super impressed. There's like also just like um, a lot of like classic ableist narratives and stuff that were just sort of like ugh. <laughs> I I totally agree with you, but here's 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 the counterpoint that I want to I want to put out there because I, I thought think it attacked ableism and more so than probably any other movie. I mean, before maybe it. for Way the seventies, yeah. Well, and, and that's well, you, you have to have that. You have to have someone standing up and saying like, "Hey, this is a real." But person that's exactly the point. But struggle. I mean, even in the seventies, they were they were like speaking out against those kind of narratives and stuff being in movies and like being like not in film, okay not it's nice that. that you nice try but you kind of failed there for these reasons i i, I disagree like i, I mean, totally disagree the institutions in america at that point for for the disabled are like super strong at that point packed to the gills and without thoughts of even having any relent at that point so this this social com this conversation uh, about people with disabilities whether they're upper class or whatever like they're they're having to start from somewhere to say these people have value can contribute in all sorts of different ways and 
to, to reach you people over here, we think we have to talk in this way to you about it. So from, from that perspective, I thought it was a pretty pretty good film from uh, to have that conversation. Um, there's, there's just... It's such a massive change that happens in the next 20 some years in America with people like the, you know, you have the disability rights acts in, in what 96. I mean, that's a long way from, from 70, what 75 you said the first one movie was 75 and 78. So, I mean, there's a, I can think of movies after this, but before this, I can't think of any movies that I would, I think it's a disservice to call this movie ableist. Well, it is looking backwards and I, I agree that there's like a lot of a, a lot of pieces there but like I think it's having a conversation right where it's at and those movies movies like that that talk about advocacy I think don't age particularly well because they're not a lot of them aren't asking for what we would ask for today right they're 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 stuck in the context of where they are like i remember we watched a whole bunch of like queer liberation movies that are like look we're not asking to be married we're not asking to do these things we're just asking to like not get beat up and thrown in jail yeah or murdered right because Stabbed 47 times exactly ever. and and so it's like you get this well, like i mean piecemeal without saying almost you're watching a movie from the mid-70s sure but that doesn't mean it's not ableist hmm I wouldn't say that about this movie. <laughs> I mean, because she's only going to be in the 70s. You have to, it's where it exists in time. Yeah, but context moves. Yeah. Oh, it's fine to say, like, hey, we can do better. But, I mean, it's telling you her story from then. And I think it does a really right. good job. And just to show you, it, I think it's brilliant that it's just showing you. But, yeah, I agree. I think I think there's some, some very good things in this film. The sevens across the board. <laughs> you ready to move on? Yeah. On to the yard, huh? <laughs> and in 78, it's got that fucking creepy guy from that movie you hated. You were even like, I just, this guy is just creepy. Anything he's in, <laughs> feeling like he's creepy looking. And he looks a lot like another actor. I think he looks kind of like John Hurt. Anyway, on the yard 1978, creepy looking dude wants yeah. cigarettes in prison, but he does not have the money right now. So he asks the guy from the Warriors for a loan. His aunt gives him no more handouts, so now, how will he pay for the smokes? Discuss. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty much the starting point. It takes you through, like, you know. He wants cigarettes, and it yeah. shows you the world of the, the loan shark guy or whatever you're going to call, whatever we're going to call that prison guy. Yeah. Uh, I think loan shark is probably a, a correct term. I mean, he's something. a guy who can, For he can get you the contraband. Yeah. You know, switching gears from other side of the mountain, like, whoa, some of the prison movies we've watched are really fucking heavy. And this movie was a little bit lighter. Yeah, and it was I, a lot lighter. Than I that. was happy for that, and I think it was a really good movie. Uh, what did you think? It was interesting because like it is a lot lighter, but it still has a lot of the same themes, right? Mm -hmm. um, <gasps> oh my god, I just remembered. And same actors. Well, <laughs> yeah, some of the same actors, but no, I was remembering the spoiler alert: the hot air balloon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the more this movie is slowly coming back into my memory, the more I'm like, no, this movie's really good. <laughs> <laughs> there's some fun parts of this movie. There's for fun sure. parts, and there's also some parts that are like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, but it all starts over the need for smokes. Well, and his weird—it's so funny. And God, the Warriors is, guy, yeah, he is in like the the guy who I think is creepy. Uh, we think is creepy. Okay, I'm yeah, we you. thank you. I think he's done some good work. He's you know whatever the actor's like. That's just the face God gave me. He's trying <laughs> to act like he has some fucking moral compass. Yeah, you know about like oh I've got this job I can't ever do anything. Blah, oh blah, my blah. god, I forgot. The guy yeah. gives him like a billion outs. He really does. I mean, and I think there's some sharp writing there too. I mean, because. As much well, as I want the money, he's not getting money from his aunt, and they're like, "Okay, you work in the library or shop or whatever it is. You'll tell me." And uh, my friend needs a job. Give it to him, and you're off the hook. And I could never do 
it. Right? <laughs> and then like, well, okay, well, I'll give you a little extension in time, Lan. Uh, but it's going to cost you, like, instead of the the, the extra five packs I'm supposed to get, you got to give me five more packs now since I'm giving you more time. And I can't make that time. And, and he's just so entitled about it. And you, it's I think, weird. This could have been perfect if it had focused on the Warriors, Warriors guy a little bit more and yeah. less on any perspective of like being in the cell with the fucking creepy guy but it just been about yeah. the war because the warriors guy turns out to be kind like he really cares about the you know giving the guy and not being judgmental about the guy wanting weird shit to make a hot air balloon he doesn't yeah. judge he gives him what he needs he's, he's actually like, super encouraging about yeah. it yeah like a little bit play, like patronizing or whatever, because I don't think he really believes that it's going to happen. But like he he's never like that way to I him about it, right? Correct. Um, well, and then boom, it's it's real, right? He he got the materials, which is possible. Yeah, I didn't think that this was like completely like implausible. There's some movies you see like um I can't think of Times Square. Times Square is a good one where you're like, that would never happen. You know, this homeless <laughs> woman is taken off the street and suddenly she's in the band and she's on the radio and she has a million fans. It's like, no, implausible. <laughs> but then it's like that he works and he gets the materials and you know it. What did it take him like four years or five years? Or yeah, something? and and it was something that I don't think he ever thought he was going to accomplish, because the way he talks about it and the way he acts, like he's he's sewing it and then he'll just like rip it because he's like, oh, who was the shitty guy? Aren't God, I hate the shitty guy. Oh yeah, worse than the creepy guy. Yeah, the one who it was kind of crazy or whatever came yeah. in in the leather jacket and sunglasses. Ugh. Take off the shades, man. Yeah, I forgot about that guy, and I, I, I didn't like the cut of his jib. Oh, me either, <laughs> right from the moment he came in. But I totally agree with you, because like one of the things that he comes in, or, or that the fo- the more of the focus in the movie should have been about, right, is that like that captain decides, like, I'm going after this guy. I'm going to, like put him away because he's doing he's running contraband. He's doing all these things, and I don't think this is good for, for the prison. And he's interviewing like all these guys, and they're like, "Dude, like, say what you want about him. He keeps like clean books. He doesn't like he doesn't like come with more violence than is necessary to do anything. He keeps people like in the straight and narrow. He supplies things. He keeps he just runs a clean ship. You don't know who you're gonna get if you clean him out. He's the dad in Home Alone. That's the creepy guy that you don't like. Is it? Yeah." <laughs> John Heard, <laughs> but he was in that movie that you really didn't like. Oh yeah, the sunny scenes of reality or something. Oh yeah, yeah, he was yeah. Like yeah. A sunny scenes of winter or something yeah. like oh, that. Ugh, ugh. Oh, I'm sorry. Just wash that away. Yeah, it's gone. I it just another movie I've waited like 25 years to see, and it finally came out on DVD. It shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so great. It was like directed by a woman and written by a woman, but. It's like somebody got in and changed this movie. Just, oh yeah, yeah, and that is so clear. Like because, well, we we've sorry. Talked, we keep bringing it up. <laughs> it's fine. He's in After Hours too. He's done some really good work. I love After Hours. He's in Big. Mm. So like whatever. Oh yeah, he's the dick guy in Big. Yeah, he kind of is. But John Hearn. I just don't get it. I just don't get what the toy's supposed to do. But you were saying uh, he did the books correct. You're talking about the Warriors guy. Yeah, the Warriors guy. Absolutely. But he keeps like a clean, a, a clean house, and like he does. Like, look, you 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 don't know what you're gonna get. I mean, you're new to this prison. Maybe you're new to prisons in general from a management perspective, and like you don't know. <laughs> Like, this is a pretty good version of this thing. You're always going to have this thing. It can be this way or it can be this way. Mm. Yeah. I liked who the... It was the guy from Short Eyes was in this, too. Yep. And um, I was going to say, because there was something where... Uh, there's some shanking, and, and the guy who you're saying, oh, yeah. the Warriors guy who does the books, it was like... You know, he he beats people up or he has people beat up if they don't pay. You kind of have to follow through with that. It's prison, yo. But like, what's the guy's name? What's the shanking? I forget. I don't know. Yeah, but do you There's Chili. Chili. Yeah, but he had a funny name. It was like. It's not Chili. It wasn't Chili. There's Red Chili, Nun, Morris, Blake, Stick. 
Gasolino. Gasolino. That's who Gasolino. it was. It was Gasolino. Because <laughs> he was. Victory a- <laughs> remembers Gasolino. Because he drank gasoline. Remember. <laughs> I gotta get high, man. I gotta get high. But he huffed it, and then he opens the container up and takes a huge swig of gasoline. Well, gasoline, no, but you can drink Sterno. (laughs) Can you huff Sterno? I don't know either. We need a fucking grizzled old AA dude. I'll tell you how to do Sterno. I used to drink sternal. I'm, I'm gasolino. Well, and that's that's where it goes off the rails, right? Is gasolino gets gets beat up because fucking creepy John Hurt, instead of dealing with his his financial problems, is like, well, I'll just, I guess I'll just have to fight this guy and like uh, come at it from this angle where I think I've got an advantage. And then he puts him, he got knocks him out of commission, and then he's like owed a favor by the crazy guy who came in. The crazy, creepy guy. And he's like, hey, this guy needs to get a taught a lesson. Don't go too hard on him. And then he fucking kills him. Mm. Forgot about that. Yeah, this movie, uh, you know, I'm sorry to promote Amazon, but it's available on Prime if you have Prime. And, uh, you know, it's not you don't have to go to Movie Madness or, you know, try hard to get it. It's easy to see. And I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, me too. Uh this I think I'm gonna give this movie a seven as well. Uh, it was it was f- for a for a prison movie. It was kind of fun. Yeah, victory. Do you remember on the yard? You do. Yeah, you remembered Gasolino. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the weird back graffiti. <laughs> oh yeah, the back graffiti <laughs> in solitaire. The testicles. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a good movie. I don't really have any like powerful insight into it or anything. It just um I mean it did seem consistent with uh the sort of prison stories and whatnot that my stepdad told me from the same era, so I don't know. I like the somewhat realism. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's and I feel that it has a very good ending. Yeah, agreed. Like, we've spoiled it in a way, but whatever. We didn't spoil it completely. Not yet. I don't think so. Not there's yet. A, there's a... There's a well, well, we're moving on. Moving on. So, uh, those are the five movies that we watched, but we watched two short movies. Let's do Cypher in the Snow first, and then we'll do the Paul Lind Halloween special. Cypher in the Snow. Cypher in the Snow, I did not write a write-up, but I remember little kid Cliff... And he asks to get off of the bus. Uh, he's a young teenager. He collapses and dies in the snow near the roadside. Just like his heart just gave up. And his math teacher is... <laughs> we see... Hold on. There's, uh, it says five LDS film classics on DVD. What is LDS? Latter-day Saints. So it's a Latter-day Saints yeah. movie. I thought that this was about like guidance counselors like stepping up. <laughs> Because it's not about God it's no. at all. Like, what do you think? Of, I love this fucking movie. Yeah, I it, saw this in, in on Alberta Street. There was this weird guy, and he was showing <laughs> movies against a bar or something, and he showed this movie that he had a copy of, and I wow. hadn't seen it since I was a little kid, and I was like, I remember this thing, and I think <laughs> it, it freaked me out. As a kid, just seeing the kid get off the bus and dying, right. and then no one really seems to give a shit. Not only give a shit, give like, a shit know who he is but i think they really like twist the knife on that point where the the math teacher is sitting down with the the principal and he's like look you basically knew the kid best out of anyone you have to write something up about him i have a meeting bye and just fucking walks out of the room (laughs) i forgot about that it was like when it was so obvious that you're the principal this is your (laughs) responsibility and your gig so obviously is like (laughs) buck stops just right over there actually it's uh jim's fault he's like cuddy sark calling my name you know (laughs) (laughs) all right in the in the realm of bad stepdads one to ten where is Cypher in the Snow stepdad? For bad stuff, but he's he's ten, but he's like brilliant Technicolor ten. Oh my god, the, the, that scene is maybe like <laughs> there's so much hammering home about how nobody gave a shit, and like there's evidence to support that people, and he even says that that like 
the how nurses have to hold babies, you know, for a certain amount of time. The unloved babies will just die. Right. And there's evidence that if they don't die, they have, you know, severe mental health disabilities. Right. Or mental health issues, problems. Uh, he goes there to tell them that their kid is dead. <laughs> and he's like, ah, that kid was stupid. Oh, Fucking dummy. So- it's so bad. Then he tells that story and he's like, some about- and she doesn't think he's stupid. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh yeah. My God. It was so awful. It was funny. Wow. And for, you know, it's just for whatever reasons, but also uh, it's, you know, a movie length idea in 20 minutes. So yep. they're just like, boom, 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 boom. I enjoyed this a lot, and I thought that it was like, you know, if you had taken time to... I thought it was like a film they would show to teachers, you know? Right, but we were all like, wait, we all saw this film. Why did they show it to us? Bizarre. There's like one scene where the kids are shitty to to the other kid. There's like a zillion scenes of parents and teachers and community members oh, yeah, just a, fucking not it, doing it. It was shit. another teacher that was just like, yeah, wasn't he? She said the wrong thing to him. She's like, you're the worst here or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I don't know. We just, you got the worst grade this. in the entire class. It's just like what not to do when educating children. Oh no, it was the, you're the slowest reader. Something like that. Ugh. It's just, yeah, every time, this poor kid, man. This is a good punk rock movie. I highly recommend it. <laughs> you can watch it on YouTube right now if you haven't seen it. Uh, spoiler alert, though. The math teacher does turn it around at the end. He's, he, he fails and then walks it back. Doesn't help Cliff, though. Doesn't help Cliff. Doesn't help Cliff. <laughs> We ignored him to, move to on? death. Yes. I mean, I give Cypher the Snow fucking eight. Oh, wow. Holy like, crap. Just fucking uh, Cypher the Snow, I would say, uh, someone's like, what about Cypher? I'd say, watch it. Yeah. I <laughs> would definitely agree. Watch it. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's worth it. Okay. And finally, Paul Lynn, Halloween special, 1976. Be- before you dive into this one. What? I was trying to remember his name the other day. I think I told you this even. His name Cliff? No, uh, Paul Lynn. Mm. And I was I was on a walk with a friend, and I did uh, a, a shitty inter- like uh, interpretation of Paul Lynn. She was, impersonation? Impersonation, yes. And she immediately got it. Yeah. I was like, wow. Hello. <laughs> He's such a fucking character. Yeah. And if you look him up, he was... On a billion shows, he was on Bewitched. He was Center Square on Hollywood Squares. He was, you know, on the Love Boat. He was just everywhere. He had his own show. He was from Bye Bye Birdie. And in the Halloween special, uh, he sang his song from Bye Bye Birdie out the gate. <laughs> um, Paul Lynn, nineteen seventy six. Paul and his rad housekeeper clown around while discussing what fucking holiday it is it's halloween and she turns into a witch with her other famous witch friend a relative or you know that's why i because in parentheses i wrote help because i was like i don't remember if witchy poo is a relative of (laughs) margaret hamilton or just a friend but uh witchy poo from the sid and marty crofts show uh hr puff and stuff and the three of them celebrate 70s variety show style with Tim Conway, Fonzie's girlfriend, Mrs. Brady, Billy Barty, and Betty White. Now, I read that Betty White, this was like her one of her first or her first variety show appearance. And she had been famous only from Mary Tyler Moore at that point. Oh, really? Yeah, she was a guest star in Mary Tyler Moore, and that's what she was known for. And huh, probably why she gets such a passing in this. Yeah, she wasn't. You know, she was just on her way to what we know as Betty White, you know. And then there was a little band called Kiss. Also in the Paul Lynn Halloween special. Discuss. What was what, what's Mrs. Brady's name? What? Mrs. Brady. Oh, the lady from the Wesson uh, cooking all commercials. <laughs> That's her name. <laughs> what do you think of this? Uh, well, this was... Not good, but it was so not good that it was amazing. You know, you want to show somebody a 70s variety show, you show them this, and you show them um, the Sonny and Cher Valentine special, I think, or the Liberace Valentine special. Oh, wow. 
I thought all the older ladies were fucking great. They I thought great. they were all super funny. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Rhinestone trucker. And just, yeah, super gay guy <laughs> hangs out with his fucking witch friends. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just amazed. It's got some warts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And didn't you say that this one was like one that they just disappeared after after showing it too? Yeah, I guess it was only shown once. It's funny. Uh, no, I, I really liked. Uh, there was some really fun parts in this. Like I said, Rhinestone Trucker, super weird. Not yeah. the best songs, but it was fun. It's weird. It's a it's a fun concept. And he's like I said, just such a character. He is. And he was, you know, super, super gay. And so it's kind of cool that, like, people liked him. I mean, he he did die of AIDS. Florence Henderson is who you're thinking of. Florence Henderson, thank you. Um, (laughs) The lady from the Wesson Cooking. After we watched this, I was like, there's such a, you know, for me, a punk rock connection to this. Because I read a book about the germs and the life of Darby Crash, the rise and fall of Darby Crash. Yeah. and Paul Lind is in it because in the punk scene in L.A., uh, a lot of these people were living on the streets, you know, came from broken homes and had shitty family lives and were living on the streets. And some of them were gay and some of them were not. But a lot of them were, were selling their body for sex. And one of the buyers was Paul Lind. You're reading this book about Darby Crash. And in the middle, there's a big picture of Paul Lind. <laughs> it's like funny as fuck. <laughs> Wow! It's like I'm living on the streets in L.A. and Paul Lynn just gave me five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go dust? <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. I mean, they hire you know Billy Bar- Barty and he's able to move the fucking truck. That was cool. He has you know he has shit to do, but they didn't not make little jokes. Yeah. Variety shows weren't written, you know, really well, so they they went for cheap jokes a lot of the time, and so yeah, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, but he was able to move the truck. He had agency. <laughs> he was the the strongest one because the 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 short joke or whatever was that he could move a truck. <laughs> <laughs> was it the rhinestone truck? <laughs> There's another thing where he's like getting married, and you're like, oh, Paul Lynn, who are you kidding? <laughs> You get married to Pinky Tuscadero or whatever. Something like that. They were so much of this it. is a haze for me because like oh it, it should be it should be. There's like <laughs> not a whole lot of logic or reason to any of it. Um, I, you know it's just supposed to be fun. Yeah. Uh, and so I, Margaret I, Hamilton is great. Yeah. Betty and White she's hanging out with Kiss. Great, but it's so little. It's just boo, just so quick. Yeah. I forget what interview I watched. It's that guy. Who's like a personality and he's got the goofy glasses and he did a lot of like costume design in the 70s and in, in 80s and 90s. Also like super outwardly flamboyant and awesome and festive and rad. And uh, he was talking about the Paul Lynn special a lot. And I watched something where Gene Simmons was talking about the Paul Lynn Halloween special and how like he was really excited to meet Margaret Hamilton and how awesome she was and how he was hanging out with her. He didn't try to have sex with her, did you? <laughs> if you read Gene Simmons' book, he tried to have sex with everybody, including Karen Carpenter. What? It's one of my favorite parts of his book. They're in the same <laughs> hotel room, and she's interested in meeting him, and he's like, you know, getting ready for a night of hot sex, and he comes down there, and she talks about God for two hours. <laughs> 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 he loves sweets, and she had like a tray of sweets, so he's eating all these sweets, but he's like, Listening to this God talk, <laughs> just, he didn't just wouldn't stop. He didn't get to have his Karen Carpenter play, <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. But it's 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 cute that he hung out with Margaret Hamilton and really yeah. liked her. I mean, I guess it's about being in those right spaces, right? You just get to meet everyone that way, and definitely, I think this was a a big break for them mm-hmm. uh, being on the ball and. Halloween special. They had been like done a couple TV appearances, but this was like big prime time thing. And I do remember, I remember watching this, and it's interesting because it's only five years old. I don't remember too much else from being five years old. But I remember watching <laughs> Kiss on the Paul and Halloween special. 
and like begging my ki- my parents to get me Kiss Alive 2 for Christmas, and they did. So funny. And then uh, and it rocked for the time period, but you listen to it now, and it doesn't rock so much. And when does, uh, what is it, Phantom of the Amusement Park come out? <laughs> yeah, I made you watch that. <laughs> uh, I think that's 1978. Okay, so this is... Just right around the corner for them, launching them into outer space. Mm. <laughs> I like that movie. You like that movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> you had fun watching had, it, you little butt. I had fun. It was but a good time. I hear you. Good movie? No. Fun? Sure. Sure. That's a laser disc I want. <laughs> a $400 laser disc. Jesus oh, my Christ. God. Well, I think we're done. I think so, too. Victor, you want a thumbs up, thumbs down the Paul in? And Cypher in the Snow? Uh, thumbs up for the older ladies. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's for Paul Lynn. It's like, it's like him and his night out with his witchy friends. That's Love right. it. Which fucking Sid and Marty Croft. I, I just wanted to like, <laughs> at the end, they're like, witchy pool from the mind of Sid and Marty People Croft. People on LSD. <laughs> like, like, do you get credit like for everything like that? You're like, I demand credit from yeah. things that we're not even a part of. Do you of. remember Cypher in the Snow, though? Did you like that, Victory? Do you remember it? Kid gets off the bus and dies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Who could forget <laughs> it's a it? good time. <laughs> who was not traumatized by that as a kid? <laughs> Probably everyone who came after us in school. At some point, someone was like, why are you showing the kids this? Well, this and now we know, because I'm like, what the fuck is LDS? That's what Captain Kirk says that like Spock did too much of in the 60s. LDS, uh, and then Latter-day Saints. Ha-ha. <laughs> Thank you for that help. I needed it. Oh, you're welcome. Also, they're all vegans. Really? Yeah. The LDS? No. Too much LDS. The LDS, yeah. Because where my dad, tangent, where my dad went and got his uh, cancer treatment done uh, was down in um, California. God, mm-hmm. I can't think of the name of the town now, but it's famous. Wait, for isn't LDS different than the Seventh Day Adventist? Oh, that's right. That's, you're totally right. Never mind. LDS is like Mormons, right? Yes, correct. Okay. <laughs> the special underwear. All right, I'm done. Yeah, me too. Hey, thanks for Thank listening. You.